For specific populations amongst New York City Christians, figuring out the marriage of the teachings of Jesus and their careers is an industry in and of itself. There are entire books, webinars, counseling sessions, conferences, careers, and companies built upon a particular Christian trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus while climbing the career ladder. For all intents and purposes, this type of Christian is who the pews of LSQ are filled with. Back in April, I began reaching out to people in the LSQ community to see how they were handling what was then the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is the first of four in-depth conversations with our brothers and sisters about how they handle faith and the other issues in their lives. In this episode, we focus on how one balances the everyday office place with the commitment to church. That, of course, brings about other questions. How is someone formed into a good worker in Midtown New York City? How do you define good? How can you be an influence of love to care for your coworkers? How does Jesus compel Christians to mobilize their faith to actively change their workplaces for the better? I'm Ian Costin, and all that and more is on this episode of LSQ Convos. Let's get started. A little bit about my guest. You can see her reading scripture on a regular basis. Before the pandemic, she was a fortuitous and dedicated coffee hour volunteer. She currently leads a CG on the Upper West Side, at least it's physically located there uh, pre-corona. And she was recently promoted to Director of Decision Sciences at NBC Universal Media. A congregant of LSQ since 2017, it is my pleasure to introduce, to talk about faith and work today, Zadie Pineda. Hi Zadie, thanks for coming on. Hi Ian. Can you tell us a little bit about your job? Yes. So like you mentioned, I am currently the director of decision sciences at NBC Universal. Um, and all of that sounds just like a bunch of fancy buzzwords and sounds really important. But really what my job entails and what my team does is we try to utilize the advanced techniques of data science and data engineering to help some of the help solve some of the biggest and most complicated problems throughout NBC Universal. So basically any team within the NBC umbrella can sort of hire us for a special project and kind of we bring in our expertise to help answer some of the biggest questions like what should I air on TV? How much should I charge for a theme park price ticket? Um, which movie should we be making? And have it all be um, data and math sort of backed and validated. So I really love math, uh, but I also really, really love media and entertainment and television and movies and all of that. So for me, it's kind of the coolest place to be creative adjacent because I know for myself, I'm can't be a director. I don't have the eye for it. I can't be a producer. I feel like that in itself is like a whole nother skill set. So for me, it's been like the perfect sort of overlap of being close to creativity and things that I enjoy consuming um, while bringing in the things that I love and feel like I've always had a passion for, which is math and science. Before all this stuff, uh, before the job, before New York, what was the idea of work? that was thrust upon you in your childhood and as a young adult? Yeah, I am Filipino. Um, so I had sort of those stereotypical Asian parents that really valued hard work and sort of 
um, pushed hard work and sort of standards and goals on their kids, whether it be in academics, which for us was the main one, um, but also in things like music, um, not so much athletics, which is probably why I'm terrible at sports, um, but definitely in those two areas. My parents were immigrants, so they moved here from the Philippines right around 1987, I think, before my oldest brother was born. And they started with basically nothing. So for them, like hard work was just the means for survival and sort of validating why they even came to America and took that risk um, was for a better life for us, their kids. And so for them, it was just a necessity to work really hard in this new country, not just to adapt culturally, but to find job opportunities and to work really hard there to continue to provide for their family. Um, and so I think with that, like hard work was just always around and emulated by my parents, but also the community that we were in, which was mostly other Filipino families sort of in the same position. Um, so I think that was great to have as an example, but also kind of instilled in me maybe some unrealistic standards of hard work like I remember my parents would wake up every day at like 4 30 a.m five o'clock to like get to work and they would stay there until like 11 at night um so I think I just always thought that that was what adult life should be like is you basically never sleep and kind of work all the time um and I think too like I mentioned we just had a lot of standards on what we should be achieving on the school level and on the music level. And they didn't say that you need to achieve this by working hard. It was more just like you have to get straight A's and you have to be really good at piano or singing. And for me, I am not naturally talented at both school and music, at least how I compared myself to my brother's who seemed like they just were able to pick up everything in school really easily um, and were very musically talented. And so for me, just because I knew that I had to meet these standards, I just worked really, really hard, honestly, ever since I was a little kid. Like, I was the last to learn how to read, Ian, but, mm. man, I practiced so much because I just knew that, like, I needed to catch up to – my older brother who learned to read when he was like three or four. And here I was like five years old. Um, and so I think for me, hard work was just the means to reach these goals. And I think that has carried on into adulthood and young adulthood of there's this standard and you just need to work really hard to meet it. And sometimes more so now as a young adult, those standards aren't because of what my parents are saying. It's more of the standards that I have for myself. And sometimes it's even not what my boss is saying right now. Um, and I think that's what sort of drives a lot of the hours that I put into my job and um, kind of why I spend as much time as I do working. Taking that all of that into account, because you've you had such a history of 
hard work and grinding of yourself grinding your your siblings and your parents as you've gotten older how have your ideas and feelings toward work changed as your view of Christ and grace has also changed as you've gotten older it has changed everything <laughs> i think before um i even knew what the idea of grace was or that hard work doesn't translate to being saved and loved. Um, I worked to people please and I worked to honestly not get in trouble. Like, okay, the Asian F, which is a B or an A minus. Like I wanted to avoid that at all costs. I think too, my parents always instilled that you needed to get a good job. Um, and that, that meant medicine or engineering. Those were kind of our two options. Um, but I think now with the idea of just grace and being saved through Christ and not through works, like work is enjoyable and it has this higher motivation for me that just, inspires me day to day to do the best that I can and not that I do it perfectly all the time um but it inspires me to be grateful that I have what I consider my dream job that influences so many people in some ways because so many people watch tv and just feeling like this is truly a gift and not something even though I've quote unquote, like work really hard in college and at my job to get to where I am, I always see that this idea of hard work and this value of hard work is a gift and something that God has placed in my heart to have. Um, and I think that just leads to gratitude in everything that I get. Um, but also if I don't sort of meet different standards or don't get to the place where I think that I should have gotten. Um, that's where grace comes in and it helps me honestly sleep more without thinking that I need to be up all night all the time. Um, and it allows me to make sure that I spend time on my church family, on my real family, on my friends, and that like this shouldn't be the only thing in my life. Do you feel like that view of grace, that view of love, and in a lot of ways, kind of a refined view of work with your family, that work ethic was so was such an integral part of your life. Do you think that that has affected your relationship with them in, in good ways or in bad ways? I think it's definitely affected my relationship in good ways. To be honest, my mom also has changed a lot. Um, in terms of accepting Christ and also realizing that grace is such an the most important part of our faith. Um, and she, funnel, in a funny way, always calls on Sundays um, and reminds me not to work so hard, which I always just laugh at because like, mom, you basically made me this way as an example growing yeah. up. So now it's like kind of a funny thing um, because I think we both recognize it in each other and hold each other accountable. 
Um, I think there are some other hard parts because I think sometimes if I feel like my brothers aren't working as hard, um, sometimes I have to remind myself that I shouldn't be the one pushing them and that they're just finding their own way in different places and that what their jobs are and um, where they end up, um, they're loved as well. And I can encourage them because obviously work is important, but I shouldn't judge or sort of force them into a vision that I have of where I think they should be or what they should be doing. Every LSQ Convo, there's so much more to dive into no matter the topic. A Christian understanding of faith and work is no different. Redeemer's Center for Faith and Work provides resources for integrating these inseparable topics. For more information, please visit faithandwork.com to find blogs, newsletters, books, coursework, and more. Now, back to our Convo with Zadie. To transition to the workplace specifically, how do you feel your motivations, at least they clearly come from another source, do you think that that affects how you interact with your your workers in your workplace? Do you think that there are any particular challenges that come up because of that? Do you find it easier to love them or maybe a little bit of both? Yeah. I love my coworkers, Ian, and I really feel like that is because, one, I think I see them in the light of being God's children, but also because I know that part of being in this work environment and working with them so closely and spending so much time with them that a big part of really loving people is being vulnerable and getting to know them. And I think that's something that I've always prioritized in my work environment is that I make time to understand people and have coffee with them or get lunch with them and know about their family, know about their own dreams and aspirations and how they're feeling about work and really caring for them in that way. Um, I know that obviously that takes time out of an already busy schedule, but I think that's where like my faith really opens up that time because I know it's a priority that whatever happens with work and if I have to work a little bit later or be more efficient, like that's fine. And I accept that. because I feel motivated that work isn't just about what you do, but it's about the relationships that you make in that place because of my faith and just seeing that as an opportunity there. And I think I just want to look out for them as much as possible um, and make sure that they're feeling cared for by my, like now that I'm in a leadership position, I think 
that's something that I want to utilize as a way to show that someone is caring for them and thinking about them and their career and not just focusing on their or on themselves. Um, and also that they have like a true friend for things that are not even work related. Like I know I can get really distracted if personal things are affecting um, my work place because it's really hard to sort of compartmentalize at least for me and separate those things and I know that's probably true for other people and I also want to be kind of a safe place for that for them to come to and talk about things Um, because I think it's not just about being co-workers it's about just being humans Mm. who happen to like work together Um, and yeah I they're honestly really, really great. And so I think I also lucked out in that, that it's not that hard to really, really love them. But I also know that my motivation to really get to know them and love them is because of just the love that I know. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Are there any particular moments in those coffee dates or going out to dinner or just a really intentional conversation any particular moments that you felt that they've really been loved by you and that you feel like, wow, I could not have done that if I did not have faith in Christ? Yeah, Um, I can think of a couple of examples, but I think maybe one that's been a theme, especially being sort of a female in what's really still a male-dominated industry and workplace. I feel like I really have a heart for other women who are either encountering what feels like discrimination or some type of bias or even harassment. And I feel like that's been something that I know that the women around me feel comfortable opening up to me about. Um, And I also know that I've had to have very uncomfortable conversations on behalf of these women to our HR teams and to the heads of our teams who are male and just bringing bringing up these concerns that we have. And I am not a confrontational person at all. Like I like before these big conversations with either HR or these high up bosses about these uncomfortable topics in support of and in defense of these women. um, I always bring it up to my CG and they pray about it for me. I pray about it because I would be, I wouldn't have the strength to do it, to be honest, if it wasn't for just knowing I have the strength of the Holy Spirit and just the love of God, knowing that whatever happens, that this is going to be okay and that this is the right thing to do. Um, And so far, like everything has been so great in either how they've received that feedback. And sometimes it's not great and they don't really do a whole lot. Um, But even despite that, I think just knowing that it's a conversation that's been had, um, I think is still been really powerful, even for me, um, but also for just the women who I think confided in me in those areas. That's great. That's, that's so awesome. And such a, a practical way to 
uh, to fight for justice truly in the everyday life um, that, you know, Christ definitely obviously wants from us, but also like you said, gives us the power to be able to do that. Yeah. And that, that's really beautiful. That's awesome. Well, what do you think going off of that is an encouragement that you would offer to someone who maybe is in a difficult situation at the workplace where, you know, it's New York, you're climbing up the ladder, you're grinding, you're trying to work as hard as you can and not do things wrong and not maybe do wrong things to be able to get up that ladder. And then you're faced with a situation where you might have to disappoint your boss or another coworker or ruffle someone's feathers. How would you encourage someone to go about that um, so that they can both know that they're still doing a good job, but also still be able to fight for justice and stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves? Yeah. I think from my own experience, the encouragement that I always turn to is just knowing that whatever happens and however you go about doing something that is hard, um, that God has the ultimate plan for you. And no matter the outcome of the conversation or whatever transpires um, as you make these moves, that that was what was supposed to happen. Um, because I know we have these expectations sometimes of what justice is and um, that we think that we're doing all that we can to help push that in the right direction. Um, but just know that it's not just on you, that God is honestly working through you and everyone around you um, and has the power to work through the people's hearts that you need to have these conversations with. Um, and ultimately, that's what it's left to is sort of that piece of knowing that if justice doesn't happen now or soon in the way that you expect, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen ultimately. Um, and to just be really proud of yourself for doing that thing, because I know that that is really hard and also giving correct or giving sort of the appreciation and gratitude that God is there with you um, to do the hard thing. Last question. What is the best NBC project that you can talk about that you are looking forward to? Mm. Great question. Okay. I think I could talk about this because we're trying to really push this product, but we're launching our own streaming service called Peacock. Mm. Um, I guess now this is also a promotional plug, but I think what I'm super, super excited about with just the launch of this streaming service is that it's going to provide tons of rich data. I know that sounds super nerdy, um, directly to us about what people are watching and what they like to watch um, and how often they watch it and really help create better programming. I think I'm so excited because we're entering the streaming space. Um, just how much the media industry is changing, like Netflix has completely changed the game. Um, and I like being in this place of 
just constant movement and adaptation to the environment. Um, and being in this place where we're not the leaders in streaming, like clearly there's the Netflixes of it all, um, and kind of catching up to it and hopefully even just sort of making something better, whether it be better programming than Tiger King, which I am not a fan of, um, or just a better experience in how you consume these things. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for the inside scoop. And thank you so much for this conversation, Zadie. I hope you have a great day. I hope you stay safe and I will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Ian, for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of LSQ Convos. Please tune in next week for episode two of our four-part series of early pandemic Christian life. Redeemer LSQ is a Christian church that believes in the saving power of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Though imperfectly, we strive to be a church not just for ourselves, but for others. You can find us streaming Sunday worship services on our Redeemer LSQ YouTube channel, among other resources to help bring others closer to Jesus and to each other. The music for today's episode is by Get Back Jack Productions and Happy Go Lucky. Please leave a rating and a review so we can know what you think and how to improve what we do here on LSQ Convos. See you next time. <laughs>